Our faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Well, aloha and welcome to the believer's journey. Um, I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We have a pretty interesting show. I think it's pretty exciting. My guests today are actually from the Republic of Moldova. And we have Anatoly on the end over here and Luba in the center. This, uh, Hello. Couple. Yeah. Hello. Hello. It's nice to be with you. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation. Anyway, uh, this couple, they're ministry partners that I am with. Uh, I think I've known them for about, I don't know, nine or ten years. And uh, we've yeah. actually we've become friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And uh, anyway, we want to talk, uh, my topic today is, is on the church. And before we really get started, I want to read a um, kind of a definition. It's, it's not really, it's actually an explanation of what the church really is. And I, and I think it's one of the best I've ever seen. And what it says here is, the church is a place where believers can love one another, encourage one another, spur one another to love and good works, serve one another, instruct one another, honor one another, and be kind and compassionate to one another. And each one of these has a scripture background, like in 1 John 4.12 or Hebrews 3.13 or Hebrews 10.24, on and on. And I think when we look at the church, our perception of the church today looks very different than it did 2,000 or 1,500 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. You know, I think today what we see is people are invited to attend a, a ceremony or a service, and probably the majority of the people that attend are probably not even believers. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, we, um, uh, with our team, uh, that we are global just uh, global church movement team. One moment we we were thinking about uh, what to do further, and we were really concerned about churches in Moldova, about what's going on. And then we decided, okay, let's make a Bible study about church. And mm-hmm. then we took just uh, scriptures. Do you remember? We yep. took scriptures and we studied for half a year together with our team about church. And what was really interesting for us that a lot of times they would say church nearby house. They will say church and something that uh, we actually don't see a lot in churches around. So, and when we um, sum up all information that we have, we decided, okay, let's try the home churches. Let's try doing something different. Yeah, because like in North America, and I'm including Canada, because I've, I've traveled a lot of Canada and I have family there. Uh, I've noticed that church in the United States and in Canada is, is far different. We have big buildings, and most mm-hmm. people here consider church the building. Mm-hmm. We say we're going to the church, or God lives in the house of God, this home here. And we we have this um, elevation of the building that we all go to, and we consider this the church. And when we have... Bible studies, we really, Mm -hmm. here, we don't all consider that a church meeting. We consider, oh, it's just a Bible study or it's Mm -hmm. a place of fellowship. Um, But in Moldova 
and probably other places of the world, they don't. They do have church buildings and churches that they worship in, but because of other problems and other situations, they actually have a way of serving and having their church services very different um, because of their situations or problems. Um, what I would like right now um, is I would like Luba or Anatoly to talk about their ministry in Moldova, talk about their country, talk about um, their church. For example, when I first came to Moldova, they actually had their church services in buildings. Mm-hmm. And today, as the last couple of few years, they, they uh, have most of their church services in homes. And um, it's gone back to the first century, basically, mm-hmm. where they, they met in homes. And I'd like to t- have them talk about their ministry and, and their home and, and how they work. They actually work with Campus Crusade for Life. They call it CRU. The, the acronym is C-R-U. And um, they've been doing this for several years, and mm-hmm. I'd like to them tell you about it. So about seven years ago, we, with our team, Global Church Movement Ministry, we just understood, realized that we have in our country more than 550 villages without any church. Now, explain what a village is, because right here we don't understand a village. So it's out of a city, like a small community of people, maybe 1,000 people in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, 500, 1,000, yeah, something yeah. like this. <laughs> and it's usually very poor districts. You know, so we call this village. So yep. like hill country, how countryside. Yeah. And from what I understand, a village, the typical or average income is about $50 a month. Yes, yeah, that's right. And the way they actually live and, and provide is they have their own chickens. They have their own yep. potatoes or grapes or pigs. They, uh, pigs mm-hmm. And they actually have their own food, but they only generate about $50 a month. And that's their income. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So when we realized... But we have so much areas, villages, without any church. We started to think with our team, how we can answer this need. It's a huge, huge need about churches because we truly believe that it's almost not possible for a person to grow spiritually without any church, without church. So, and God gave us this vision to plant home churches. And Bible study group and our desire and our big dream is to have for every thousand people in our country one small home church or Bible study group. Why? Because because our culture and official religion is Orthodox Church, people are afraid to go to evangelistic buildings and it costs you a lot of money to build, to support. But what is very common for our country is to invite people to a house, to have a dinner together to have a good conversation. So we started to apply this idea in our personal lives. We opened our house about seven years ago. We started with nine home churches in, in our capital. And we really realized that a lot of people are coming. We don't afraid to come to a house, to an apartment, where we have a, a communion, we have conversations, we have Bible study. We always try to have a dinner together because, you know, dinner... To have a food together, it's something which creates very good atmosphere. And you guys eat a lot. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, we don't think compared so. to here. You, awesome. When I go there, I, I go there thinking, I'm going to lose weight. I have lots of soup, and I end up gaining weight. <laughs> <laughs> 
the next time we will fix it. You will have a lot of uh, cabbage the next time. <laughs> yeah. So we really see how God is using this ministry, especially uh, last seven years. And right now we have 65 home churches and Bible study groups in home Moldova because it, it's just people, they, they like what we are doing, they want to be involved. We they open their houses, we invite their neighbors, friends, we share the gospel, and we gather like a church at their house, apartment, wherever. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, oh, I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead. Uh, uh, one uh, um, like the main idea was uh, for people in church to have close to have close relationship with one another. We really wanted people from our home churches to live life together, you know. And because when you are coming in church Sunday, and we love big churches. Okay, don't have anything against. It's great to attend big church. It's great to attend home church. But uh, what is important for a person to be in a good and close relationship with other Christian, you know, to be accountable with or. Uh, just to have one person whom you can call and share your mm-hmm. ups and downs, you know. And we really wanted everybody in home church to stay in close relationship with one another and to serve church. We would like to give to everybody opportunity to serve. Now, in your home churches, I understand you, within a month, you will meet three times a week in a home church. And then once a month, you will meet together in a, in a big sanctuary yes. Situation. Yes. How about how many people that once a month uh, do you have attend? Well, so we have uh, several like congregations of home churches. So one of the biggest one called God Space. So they have eight or nine home churches right now. So uh, when we get all together once in a month, it's about one hundred people. Okay. So as usual in one home church, we have. 10, 12 people, but when we gather together, it's with, uh, without kids. So with kids, it's about 150 people. Yes. Now, what is the problem, or the, the, the dis- I would say there's tension or dissension between uh, what you do as an evangelical church and mm-hmm. the, the Orthodox church? Because obviously when you say that there are people who are afraid to go attend a different church, but they'll come to your home church. Mm-hmm. What is what is the friction or tension there? So <clears throat> people afraid to go in evangelistic buildings about big churches because they will say that you are betraying your culture because of after orthodox culture in our country. So if you will go, you probably you could have very hard discussions or conversation in your job with your co-workers, with your neighbors, with your friends, family. family, relatives. So I think almost each in our country, Christian, he can share with you some stories when he accepted and believed in Christ, he had some hard time as minimum in his, his family. So I had about several years very hard time with my mom. Luba had some. So almost I think each, each Moldavian people who became Christian, he could share with you some mm-hmm. stories. So that's why for people it's, you know, it's a big challenge for them to go in evangelistic building because they understand that they will have some some not easy time, mm-hmm. let's say. And why, why is uh, this tension? Because um, being uh, Orthodox, it's like a part of being Moldovan or being yeah. Ukrainian or being Russian. It's a part of your nationality. And when you are uh, uh, going to another uh, denomination, yeah, they would uh, say like you are betraying a part of your 
nationality, a part of your identity. Plus to this, because in evangelistic churches, we would often invite uh, people from other countries like mm-hmm. uh, Germany, Western Europe, and uh, America, they would say, like, you like this Western culture more than your culture. Some people would say yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that um, when I was in Moldova uh, one year, the first time I got to speak at uh, schools, public schools, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's because we understood that um, the Orthodox Church basically was like a state church, and yeah. so mm-hmm. Moldova was like a Christian nation mm-hmm. at this time. And so to walk into a public school and talk about Jesus was okay. Talk about the Bible was okay. Mm-hmm. However, I learned something at, in one of those classes um, one of the other uh, partners here, Radu, yeah. uh, happened to tell me this because I was talking to this classroom of, of students. I think it was like 11th graders. Mm-hmm. And I happened to say, you know, uh, it's good to make decisions about, you know, serving G- the Bible, God, and, and loving Jesus and so forth. And after I was done, I was pulled aside. Mm-hmm. Says, you can't say that because mm-hmm. they all believe it's okay to love Jesus and love God and the Bible's all oh, fine. But mm-hmm. what they don't understand is that we need to follow the teachings of Jesus. Okay. And I had to readjust my thinking because here in, in the United States, when you say, you know, to love God, serve God is not the same as it is in Moldova because in Moldova, oh, yeah, we do. Here it's like, well, no, I have to make a decision to follow. Yeah. And there, it, the language is different. I had to start talking about the actual following the teachings. So actually, it has actually changed my ministry here in the United States. Mm-hmm. So now I actually literally talk about following the teachings of Jesus because I think a lot of people, even in the United States, think, well, you know, if I believe in Jesus, meaning if I understand he's true, if I think he went to the cross, if I did, he did all these things, I'm a Christian. But yeah. in reality, if you don't follow the teachings of Jesus, if you don't f- live the life, you're not a believer. Mm-hmm. So my teaching has drastically changed since becoming uh, involved in Moldova mm-hmm. because of that. I mean, mm-hmm. my ministry, my teaching is, is totally gone to the point where I understand more of the Greek now of the action of, of a believer rather yep. than the passive way of Oh, I go to church, I checked it off my box, and therefore yeah. I'm good for the week. <laughs> because it's just a part of culture. Yeah. It's just so, as you understood, uh, so in Moldova, about 98% will tell you, yes, we are we are Christians. We were baptized in Orthodox Church, we were children, so we are Christians. But uh, unfortunately, not a lot of people in our country have a relationship with God. Right. And I think, you know, when I read this earlier, it sounds like when I'm listening to you talk about your home church, especially when you were talking about the relationship part, the things mm-hmm. that you honor and get involved with and the accountability, the passage, not the passage, I'm sorry, the, um, the message. Uh, message that I, I read, it's like that's where you're putting your home church belief system right into what I just read today. That that sound about right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Our yeah. our dream, what what we try to 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 do is to to motivate all people who are involved in home church to be involved in daily life each mm-hmm. other. So for us, home church it's not about Sunday, just to get together on Sunday on two three hours to to have 
good sermon and that's all and we're done for next week no we want for these people we became like a really very strong christian family and they will be involved in daily life each other so let's say somebody is moving well we like a home church we want to help somebody is traveling well we will take care care of your kids or pets so to be involved in daily life and to really to show a good example about Christianity, what does it mean to be a good Christian? What does, how should likes looks like? What does it mean church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because here in the United States, uh, a lot of um, churches they have live groups, yeah. and they are pretty dedicated for live group. And in Moldova, because um, uh, to make good money, to to sustain your family, yeah, to provide your family, you need to work very much. And for people, it's really hard to dedicate one more evening or one more time for la- for live group. We we try to do live groups, and what we realize that let's let's say I would have ten people in my live group, and then um, regularly would come like two or three of them, mm-hmm. and. Uh, b- Okay, people are going Sunday to big church. They uh, listen the sermon, which is absolutely okay, but they don't have close relationship with other Christians, you know. And then they go home, they don't attend a live group, and their life really don't change. So we decided we we need to do something about this. So we will not continue with live groups, but we will start home churches. So because in church, um, majority of Christians in Moldova, it's a big priority for them to go to church Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why we switched even to home churches. Now, for those of you who really don't know a lot about the Republic of Moldova, I want to share a little bit what I know. And then if you want to uh, chime in and, and mm-hmm. okay. insert but in Moldova, in, in the cities or in, in the, uh, where the population is, it's, it's actually the whole country is literally the poorest nation in all of Europe, both Western and Eastern Europe. It is the poorest. I mean, the second poorest, from what I understand, is the Ukraine. Okay, so we have two, a very, very poor country. Um, they say that the average income, when you say make a lot of money, I'm thinking the average income in Moldova, in, in the city, is between 250 to $300 a month. Average, yes. Yeah, yeah. average. Yeah. And so, um, so they're very poor. And, and you see, uh, when we have a flea market here in, in San Antonio or in L.A. or whatever, you go to these flea markets where people are selling items. And these items are usually, a lot of them are new. New items, they have tags on them or they're, they're, they're nice and they cost. In Moldova, you go to a, a flea market, it's a blanket on the on the sidewalk, and all these items that are there that are older yeah. and used and yeah. so forth. I mean, this is a whole different mindset. Now, another thing that's interesting that I noticed is that the Orthodox Church in, in uh, Moldova, they are very much like, if you're, if you're from an area that have a lot of... Uh, Catholic in the mm-hmm. United States. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of similarities. And the similarities, um, I would probably divide for maybe the Catholic Church might has, have been maybe 100 or 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because in the Catholic Church, you know, years ago, the basic person in the Catholic Church didn't read a Bible because they were told they weren't yeah. supposed to because yeah. the priest is the one that God basically gives the enlightenment to mm-hmm. to know what the Scripture means and says, yes. and they would say to everything. Yeah. Well, the Orthodox Church is exactly the same yeah. way. 
In fact, the Catholic Church for many years would say that it is a sin to read the Bible, that the priest has to go ahead and, and read it and let you know what it means. And from what I understand, to a somewhat of that degree, the Orthodox Church is somewhat similar to that. Is that correct? I'm not sure about what uh, Orthodox Church will say that it's a sin to read the Bible, but what do they say that who will explain to you? So Bible is a very hard book, and you need somebody who will explain to you what does it mean. You know, so a priest is a person who can explain and who can preach. Okay. So that's why they not very often, is usually they don't motivate people to read the Bible, not all of them. So we know some priests were really doing, they motivate, so you should, but it's very, very seldom. Okay. But you don't believe the Bible is a hard book to understand? No, Okay. So you're, what you're saying is they're, they're, they're telling you this. Okay. Yes. And I think that's important for us to understand, is that the, the Bible, you know, if God, if, if a lot of the characteristics of, of Jesus and God is the fact that he is revealing, well, his word is, is a revelation. It's revealing to us. It's, and God is light. Jesus is light. What does light do? It reveals. And God can reveal to us his word. Yeah. I mean, just because of the fact that he is light. Anyway, other things I've noticed about Moldova is that the people, being the very, very poor, well, one of the things they have is they have an amazing uh, public transportation system. <laughs> I think in the flat that I stayed in one year, I was going to be teaching at the uh, Moldova Bible Seminary, and I'm mm-hmm. upstairs looking down, and there's a McDonald's on mm-hmm. the corner. Mm-hmm. And I think within 15 minutes, I must have saw 20 different buses drive by. Yeah. yeah. And the buses range from a double bus to a regular bus to a bus that's connected with the mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to vans. And these vans, which are supposed to hold maybe 15 people, hold 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. And um, now another thing, too, is your dollar, which is called a lay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um Compared to our our dollar, uh, is it about what eight cents or twelve cents worth one one of our dollars? I'm not sure which it is. For for ten dollars? No. Oh so for one dollar, we pay eighteen lays. Eighteen lays? Yes. Okay. Almost eighteen lays. So eighteen lays equals one dollar. Yes, sir. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's significant. That's significant, and um, so. The one of the other problems I see is that the people of Moldova are burdened down, probably because of a uh, corrupt government, mm-hmm. and it's hard to make an honest living to make life go. And so, what happens is people do things that are not honest to make themselves uh, pay their rent, eat their mm-hmm. food, and so forth. Mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed is that because the people are poor, and this is my observation, Mm -hmm. is that people are closer. People know each other in their own buildings. I was uh, was in um, a few years ago with staying at Radu and Luda's, this other ministry Mm -hmm. partners of ours, and we were walking up the stairs, five flights of stairs because the (laughs) elevator's not working. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're hearing this lady, help, help. Of course, it's not in English, but yeah. she's mm-hmm. yelling for help. And so Radu listens to this, and he walks down the stairs and goes to, to this lady's apartment and um, to go help her. 
you don't find a lot of that here in, in the United States. I think we've we've like become so self-sufficient that we live in houses or apartments that we don't know our neighbor. We don't really care to know our neighbor, and and we tend to be more distant to each other. But I think in Moldova, because they're poor, they need each other. I don't. Do you see that at all? We see this especially in the villages, in small towns. Almost everybody knows each other. Okay. Almost. So we used to live in my hometown uh, three years, and Luba was shocked when we moved there. Because you are going to open market, and everybody says, Hey, hello, how are you doing? How are your parents? How are your <laughs> yeah. kids? Because we know you. Mm-hmm. We know you. So in a big city like Chisinau, sometimes, yes, sometimes, you know, people are different. But anyway, about Christians, we like Christians try to to find out about something about our neighbors, just to uh, to have this opportunity to share the gospel with them, you know, and to to help maybe sometimes. So, yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think now um, it's a little bit changing in big city in Kishinev because a lot of people would rent apartment. Mm-hmm. So uh, and they would live like one year and then move and they somebody would live two years and they would move like on um in our building we know people who are living all time there mm-hmm. and then we don't live a lot of people who are Do renting not. apartments. Yeah. Yeah. So in our, our in, in our floor we have three apartments so apartments so two of them in three years change about three or four couples. Yeah. 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 But yeah. in average, in average, yeah, people are are closer and are open to help to one yeah. another. And and you know, there's a there's a passage in Acts chapter two verse forty two. I want to read it. It says, "And they," and they're talking about they believers, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. who've come. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and. We, as a nation in, in the United States and, and in Canada, I would believe it's the same way, we've gotten away from some of this. In fact, technology today, as much as I love technology, I mean, we're using some pretty incredible technology right now in this meeting. Yeah. Um, as much as I love technology, I also see it as a real hindrance. People are literally staying home on their phones watching a church service and saying that I went to church. Mm-hmm. Not by the tens or twenties, not by the hundreds, but by the thousands. And yet the Bible teaches that we need to come together in a fellowship. The very word ecclesia yeah. is the fellowship or the assembly of believers, or actually it's just an assembly, but as mm-hmm. we look at it as, as Christians, it's the mm-hmm. assembly of believers. And in Hebrew, the uh, book of Hebrews, it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. However, because of our great technology, we watch our, our services on, on YouTube or on, on our phone, and we think, oh, we've gone to church. Yeah, which, uh, which is sad. In Moldova, we have this problem. Actually, we have a good uh, coverage of or of uh, internet mm-hmm. and uh, internet is cheap and it's available and many people would prefer instead of uh, going to their church 
to watch the sermon. And they would say, like, uh, uh, I choose whatever sermon I like. You know, this preacher is so powerful, and uh, I like to listen to him. And, uh, but it's not about communication. Communication, it's when I can come and say, like, hey, Alan, you are not behaving good. <laughs> or you have this problem, and you tell, tell to me. Or I am praying for you, and we are, even when we discuss Bible, yeah, it oftentimes happens that I see one part, and then another person sees his part, and then that girl shares uh, what he, what she sees, you know. And we are getting much uh, bigger picture, and we know heart of one another, you know. It's, um, computer will never no, yeah. and, and one of the problems, I think what has happened is, and again, this is just my observation, mm-hmm. is that we have um, taught a generation of people that what church really is, is going to a building, singing some songs, which they call worship, which is also an entire subject that is is off right there. And then they listen to the sermon, and then they walk away, and that is attending a church service and fellowship. Now, going from there, because there really is not the communication, you might say hello and goodbye, but there's not the accountability. There's not the discipling. There's not the the warm. There's not the sharing of my problems or your problems and, hey, let me pray for you or you pray for me. There's not that that Mm -hmm. stuff that goes on. Mm -hmm. So we've created this monster out of the last maybe 100 or 200 years, okay, of this kind of a behavior. And so now going to the Internet and watching church on there, what's the difference? It's the same thing. It's just that now I don't have to walk into a bunch of people. I can eat popcorn and watch watch church on, on my phone, and I've done it. The same thing as if I went to the service, sang, and walked home because I'm not in contact. I don't have that accountability with other believers. And I think we've created this this problem, you know, and it's developed into this. Yeah, I think it's um, because maybe in last years with individualism mm-hmm. grows so uh, very high, and that's why people prefer to watch on YouTube something. But we lose, you know, communication. So in the Scripture, we especially in New Testament, you always see that it was people, it was community. You mentioned uh, Book of Acts. Chapter 2, my favorite chapter, one of my favorite chapters, and we see that these people we were, were together. Mm-hmm. We, we, we shared their goods, what we had, we were generous, we get together, and we were growing. And, and other people in their community who wasn't Christians, they saw, and we realized something something is going on there, and we like we like such kind of fellowship, communities. So that's why I think in the first century churches, and we understand it was home churches, we didn't have these evangelistic buildings, we were growing so fast because mm-hmm. people were involved in daily life. They became really family. And family, it's all, always about relationship. Get together to encourage one another. Uh, to rebuke sometimes. To rebuke sometimes. But when we are all together and we share our experience about uh, our daily life, about our relationship with God, what God uh, taught me, you know, when I had my Bible study, you know, my personal time with God, we are learning on, from each other about these things which help us to grow. You know, uh, I I would like to say uh, a word about big congregations. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, 
Uh, I wouldn't be so radical, <laughs> okay? Because sometimes it really helps you when you are gathering a, all a lot of people. Yeah, you are gathering all all together, all all the home churches, to be together and to worship like a big community. Okay, it's uh, it's really precious and it has its place. Yeah, but it's not the most uh, it's not the most important emphasize in your, in your uh, growth. It's interesting because. Um, the church that I attend and have attended for the last 19 years, 20 years now, um, the first pastor, he probably, um, he gave more emphasis about the small groups. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he gave an emphasis about the people who led the small groups. In fact, mm -hmm. he uplifted and honored the leaders of those groups in such mm -hmm. a way that you are ministers. Yeah. You are the ones. And, and he, we had about a thousand leaders for all wow. the small groups that wow. we had mm -hmm. that were growing. And it was just amazing. And we had a tremendous amount of what you call life groups or mm. small groups. Mm -hmm. And the pastor we have now, I mean, he has actually said from the pulpit that um, he would, if you're going to come to church for an hour, he would rather you go to a small group than the big service. Okay. If all you're going to do is an hour, uh -huh. the small group is better to go to. Yeah. And I'm, I commend him for that because that's true. Because yeah. in the big service, you don't have the prayer for one another. You don't mm -hmm. have the fellowship, the family, the, the, yeah. the accountability, the rebuking, if you will, or the teaching. Yeah. Um, and I really think it's it's so necessary. Uh, one of the other problems uh, we have in, in our country is that we're narrow-minded. I mean, sorry to say this, United States, but you are. We're, we're narrow-minded. We see church as it's my denomination or it's my non-denominational church or it's my local church or it's the churches that are in the United States. And we really don't think beyond that. Those of us who actually will think beyond, like a mission or a missionary or, a ch or churches in other countries, you know, um, we hear, oh, we need $10 a month or $25 a month. So what do we do? We pull out $25 a month and we're good. We're supporting missionaries. But we don't really take in the whole idea of what church means. It doesn't mean just those that are in your neighborhood. The Church of Christ is every single person who is a believer in Jesus mm -hmm. Anywhere and everywhere in the world and throughout all time. And when I've gone to Moldova and I've taught at the Bible Seminary, uh, it's part of the KBC Church, church yep. Ministries yep. there, and I've taught there. And something that they do I think is totally remarkable. Their students uh, during their they, their students actually they attend for free and people will give to help them attend, but. They have a requirement. One of the requirements is during the summer months, they are to go on a mission trip, which will entail a different country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. During the year, they want them to work in a local church and be part of the ministry in the local yes. church. Yes. However, that summer, they'll go to Russia or they'll go to Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan or Turkey or somewhere and work as a missionary in that time period. And I know for a fact that some of those countries they go to are are harsh. Mm -hmm. I know in Ubakistan, you go there, you know, and if the police find out you're having a, a service in your apartment, your flat, your home, they'll come in and arrest you. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's very Muslim or, or yep. Islam oriented. 
and it's dangerous. So they understand that. And over here, we don't see that. We see, oh, they're winning people to Jesus. But there's a struggle there, and the people hurt, and the people suffer, and the people are, it's hard. And what we need to realize is the people there in these countries, in Europe, Eastern Europe, Asia, Africa, uh-huh. are our brothers and sisters. And when they're, they have great joy, we need to celebrate that great joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they are hurting, we need to hurt with them. I mean, how do you feel? What, what is it like in Moldova when you see these things in other places? One thing that um, uh, we discovered as a couple was uh, when we prayed uh, Lord's Prayer, um, we practiced it. And for us, uh, for us, one moment, it was so surprising that in uh, Lord's Prayer, when Jesus told his disciples to pray, you will never find me. Like, my father, give me, forgive me, mm-hmm. help me. It's all about us. And then we, uh, we, we started to think us like our home church like people from our home church. And then it went um, um, more far away. With, we started to think about church in Moldova. And then we, we started to think about churches all over the world, you know. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, as you say, like uh, when they celebrate in Africa, we celebrate in, uh, in Moldova because we are one body. Sure. We are. Because church is not about me only. It's about us. God put us in society. So we can develop relationship and with God and with each other to become strong Christian family. So and <clears throat> yeah, about uh, this prayer, it's always about us. Forgive us, give us. It's not about give me, forgive me. It's it's about church. It's about people. Yeah. And, and you know, I think, and to go a step further, I think, think one of the problems we have are within the domina- denominations. Now, I am not opposed to denominations at all. Uh-huh. I actually like denominations. I think they are a blessing um, because, uh, for example, if, if I want to worship in a Nazarene church and I don't want to worship in a Pentecostal church because I don't want to speak tongues or whatever, I have that choice to do that and that's okay. Mm-hmm. As long as I realize those people in the Pentecostal church are my brothers and sisters and Jesus. And the problem is we have churches out there, whether it's a Catholic church or a Bible Baptist church or what Methodist church, and if you start thinking that, well, I'm the Methodist and you're a Baptist, you need to get saved, we have a problem. <laughs> I mean, it's a serious problem. I know in Moldova, you have a whole group there that says, you know, well, if you, you know, we believe you can lose your salvation. If you don't believe that, you, you're wrong and you need to get saved and you're not even a Christian. I mean, how short-sighted are we? It's not the denomination that is the one true church. It's the believers, no matter what denomination you are in, that is the one true church. And those believers are intermingled in all the denominations. I know, I know that there are people who will say, uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. I taught at a, at a Christian high school. I was the Bible teacher, and we had a, a, another teacher in a class, and she taught, taught science, and she was talking to a bunch of the junior high kids, I think it was. And she made a comment that, and she attended a, a, a Baptist, a Bible Baptist church. Anyway, she said that if you attend a Catholic church, you're going to go to hell. So I had these four girls run to my class, Mr., Mr., Mr. They never call you by name in Hawaii. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, Mr., you know, is it true if you go to a 
a, a Catholic church, you'll go to hell. And the first thing I said is, what idiot told you that? Well, Mrs. So-and-so, don't tell her I <laughs> called her an idiot. But I had explained it's not about what church you go to. Mm-hmm. It's about whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not. You can go to a Baptist church, a Nazarene church, a Methodist church, or a Catholic church. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it doesn't matter what church you're going to. You're not part of the family. You're not part of the fold that's the church of Jesus. But if you do have a relationship with Jesus, it doesn't matter which church you're in. You have that relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think that we get short-sighted when we look at denominations and we're thinking, oh, my word, well, you're in the wrong denomination. You need to get saved and come over to my side and... It used to be. It's not so bad anymore, but it used to be a very dis- divisive thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the one true church. And um, I know my wife, who was raised in the Catholic Church, she was told if she were to go to a Protestant church and pray or take communion, she'd go to hell. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and wow. I mean, this is, this is amazing. And what we're looking at in Scripture is something totally different than what we're hearing today or in the last 50 years or so. Uh, I'm not that much older, so I can't tell you what happened 100 <laughs> years ago. But, you know, that we're, we're missing the boat mm-hmm. because we're missing one another. And when I see you as my brother, you know, that's important. Do we go to the same church? No. We go because we're in different continents. We're in different parts of the world. But you love Jesus. I love Jesus. We're really related. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what we need to see. And when you're hurting and when you have a problem, I know because I get an email from you or I get some kind of message from you. Hey, I have this situation going. Please pray for us. Mm-hmm. And you tell me what the situation mm-hmm. is and I know how bad it is or how okay it is, you know. And we're missing this. And not only missing this across the world, we're missing this in our own communities. When we go to a church, whether it's big or small, Luba, it could be 100 people, it could be 10,000 people, 20,000 people. If we go to a church and we go and we sing and hear music or message and go home and we're not interacting, it's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. We're missing out on the very fact that we're part of a family. There, there's not the family, as you said. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that that's so important. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I want to read Ephesians chapter 4. We, I talk a lot about this in Ephesians 4 about the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But there's a purpose for the gifts of the Spirit. There's a purpose of all this. And, and I want to read this because I want to capture it. Mm-hmm. And it's Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8, then 11 through 16. So here's what it says. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, and when Paul is the one speaking here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, beseech you to walk, okay, worthy of the calling which is in you, uh, we're called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long suffering, bearing with one another love and endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. Okay. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, Mm -hmm. one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. He's not saying there's one denomination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's one faith. The faith isn't the denominational church. The faith is that which we hold within Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
And that's so important. I think that's what has probably turned off millions of people from even attending church or saying, I don't want anything to do with, with Christianity. I mean, I don't know if you hear that in Moldova, but I, we have sure heard that in the United States. Oh. You know, I don't, I don't want to go to organized religion. I don't want to go to the church because they're really two-faced or whatever it might be. Uh-huh. And we, we get that. And so, um, but it goes on. It says, but to each of each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. And he gave gifts to men. And then in verse 11, which is, I think is really cool, and he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists mm-hmm. and some pastors and teachers. Teachers, And here's where the key is. Mm-hmm. For the equipping of the saints to work the min- of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ yeah. till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed mm-hmm. to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the, uh, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking of the truth and love that may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body... All believers, okay, join and knit together by what is every, uh, every joint supplies according to the effective working which is in every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, such a passage that really lets us know that we Believers, and when I say believers, those who are following the teachings mm-hmm. of Jesus, mm-hmm. okay, not those who attend the church and oh, I got this week taken care of. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually following the teachings that we are one, mm-hmm. and because we are one, we have a responsibility. We have actually it's it's our inheritance from Jesus mm-hmm. that we do honor Him. By honoring each other. Mm-hmm. We do honor him mm-hmm. by serving each other. Yeah. You know, and and, and I think that we've, we're miss as a whole, we're missing it. I see it happening here and there. But as a whole, you know, Billy Graham, when he was alive, made a comment. He said that he believed that most people who attend church and call themselves Christians that only, this is his belief, only 10% were only true believers. Hmm. Now, can you imagine? There must be, in San Antonio alone, we, we have maybe 100,000 people attend church. Now, I don't know how many believe they're actual believers, but according to what he thinks, mm-hmm. 10%. Wow. That's, that's really brings it down. I mean, when Jesus says, you know, the road to destruction is wide, and the, the way to Mm-hmm. to him in life is, is narrow. I mean, we're talking possibly within the church, within the walls of where we go to. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It makes me sad. 
And uh, one thing that comforts me that Billy Graham, with all my respect, isn't the Lord. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not written in the Bible. I think it depends upon the culture, you know. Like in, uh, in Orthodox uh, culture, um, in Christian uh, countries, uh, many people would go to church, and actually not, not many of them are Christians. But in cultures like Muslim, if person choose, uh, chose to be Christian, it costs him a lot, you know. It yes. costs him cost him relationship and, and uh, almost yeah almost everything yeah. so I think in in these countries if person is Christian he's truly Christian <laughs> well well even so, yeah. even in Moldova I know that you've already spoken about it if a person is has its their roots in the Orthodox Church and they break away to go to an evangelistic mm-hmm. church their families cut ties they're ostracized they're they're yeah. excommunicated mm-hmm. from from the church the, the, you know their family even friends well it's no different here we have the people in the catholic church have the same problem mm-hmm. you know if somebody happens to uh go to a, a protestant church mm-hmm. okay then they're a lot of them are cut off from their family they're ostracized and it's and it's a real difficult thing um I knew a guy who became a believer, and he continued going to the Catholic Church. This is a long time ago when Protestants were Protestants and Catholics were Catholics. Okay. And there wasn't anything uh, together about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this guy attended the Catholic Church when that was a no-no, according to Protestant people. Okay. And I asked him, well, why, why, do you, why do you still go to the Catholic Church if you believe that there's problems? He goes, because I'm trying to win over the people and my family and friends to see that Jesus is the Messiah and we need to live for him. Hmm. And it's not taught in the church where I go. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. wow, what a yeah. dedication. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine you still attending the, the Orthodox Church because you're trying to win those people mm-hmm. rather than outside yeah. of it? Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a, a real love for, for people. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that... Um, when I look at the church, you know, of the, of the first century, they had a lot of struggle. Um, you had basically five denominations uh, during the time of Jesus. You had the Pharisees and the mm-hmm. Sadducees and mm-hmm. the Hale- okay, Zionists and so forth. And after Jesus, you had, a, you had a sixth denomination, which eventually became called Christianity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for the first oh, 100 years or so, that Christian, those believers in Jesus were part of the Jewish walk, the Jewish faith, the Jewish... The difference was they made Jesus their Lord. They accepted him as their Messiah, where the other groups did not. And that was the difference. And then when, the, when uh, Paul kept trying to encourage them to drop a lot of their, their legalist ways mm-hmm. and follow Jesus... They finally says, no, we can't do this. And then it actually became a Gentile following. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, through time, Christianity, in most people's understanding, has become a religion mm-hmm. instead of a relationship. Mm-hmm. They lost the idea that Christianity is this relationship with Jesus and other believers. Instead, it was a religion that we, you know, I, I literally went to a pastor, you know, what is a Christian? I want to know. I'm I'm young. Mm -hmm. Well, you've got to go to church, read your Bible, pray, pay your tithe, and you're a Christian. Hmm. And as I got older, I realized, well, any sinner does that. 
<laughs> in any, any religion. And that's, that didn't make yeah. you a believer. And I thought, wow, this was in a denomination where people really don't think that, but the pastor felt that, and that's what he taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, um, when we work with churches and some people, we, we meet um, some people who would go from one church to another church to the third church, yeah, looking for a good church, you know, in mm-hmm. this church there, this problem and that church, that problem in those churches, those problems. And uh, many of these people stop home watching sermons on YouTube <laughs> and they, uh, they uh, think that only they know how it's going to work or there in America is. Uh, good churches uh, here no and stuff like that what what my point what I want to say that we will have problems in churches and Jesus didn't he didn't promise us uh, any community perfect you know so we need him we uh, we are uh, around imperfect people and we are imperfect you know that's why we need one another we need God to work and it's absolutely yeah it's normal it's the way it is. We have problems in churches and hope churches and big churches, and we have pastors like these, and um, we, we need Holy Spirit to be filled with Holy Spirit and continue good work. And, and you know, um, I don't believe there's anybody is going to go to a church and absolutely agree and believe everything that church or pastor believes. I mean, if you do, you're probably not reading your scripture very much. I mean, really, I don't agree with everything my pastor says. Mm -hmm. I absolutely do not. Um, uh, I don't know if it's because I'm stubborn. I don't know if it's because I'm more educated or I have the certain education, whatever it might be. I just don't. I find things that I disagree with. However, I'm not going to stop going to church because of that. That's stupid. You know, what I do is is that I I ask the Holy Spirit while I'm there, and if I happen to hear something I don't agree with, I, Holy Spirit, I need to know that you're speaking to me on something. I need to know which, how you want to use me. Speak to me now. Teach me what you want and use me. If I'm so stuck on the fact that I don't agree with him and I'm upset and so I'm going to leave, well, then I'll never grow. Because it's through those things. I tell the people in my classes, I've told you when I'm in Moldova, here's what I'm teaching. But I want you to study your scriptures and make sure what I'm teaching is absolutely correct. Because if yeah, it's not, sure. you need to know. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and and same thing with people who go to church. They listen to their pastor. They say, oh, that sounds great and wonderful. They walk away believing what he said, and, and they never look at the scriptures to find out if it's true. And so we have a lot of people that don't read their scripture, taking on face value. Oh, he's a pastor. He should know. Well, like you said, these pastors aren't the Lord. Yeah. They're not God. And sometimes people will say things that, that aren't accurate or they've learned things that are not accurate. Um, and we need to accept that and grow in that because where I find the growth is I have a class and I teach a class and it's called A Believer's Journey. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that name, I guess. <laughs> so um, I've learned one of the things that and we had this talk yesterday that I think one of our problems is the fact that at large, we've made Christianity into this event. Becoming salvation is, is an event, and, and I disagree. I think, you know, we, we can have the event, but salvation is a journey. It's my life starting from the beginning that I turn to Jesus as my mm-hmm. Lord, and I continue to walk that, 
and I grow and I change and I, I shed things I need to and pick up things that I need to. And that becomes, because my goal is to become like Jesus. That's salvation. That's my journey as a believer. And that takes place in my classroom. Mm-hmm. When we share, I've, I have a prayer request, or we share um, the prayer I did last week uh, has been answered, or this mm-hmm. is the thing, or we pray together, or we talk together, we, we commune together. And it's something we have this accountability with each other. You won't get that inside of a, a, a big service. You know, mm-hmm. Especially if you have, like we do, we have one service, and because we're in a large church, we have to leave so another group comes in. You don't have the time to sit and talk, mm-hmm. you know, and so it doesn't happen. And, and in some ways it's, you know, nice to have a big church. In some ways it's crippled us, you know. Um, I like Moldova. I like go- I love going to your home churches because you sit there and after we're said and done, guess what we do? We <laughs> sit and talk. We eat. We, you know, it, it's just... We, we fellowship. Mm-hmm. What yeah. does the Bible say? They fellowship. We fellowship. We get to know one another. Oh, my word. I love going there. It's just one of the most biggest parts of my year that I'm so happy to go to. Thank mm-hmm. you so very Thank much. You. We love to host you. Yeah. And by the way, like um, while we are here, we would like to thank to all Americans and to all uh, people, all ministry, who, partners. all ministry partners, yes, and to all people who are going in mission trips. What uh, what helps us uh, to keep like the whole picture of what is church? The church is huge. It is uh, all around the world. It's when people from other countries uh, yeah. visit us. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. If you have opportunity, please come and go to mission trips. Yeah, thank you so very much for those who invest in ministry in other countries who is coming and uh, sharing experience with us. Thank you so very it's much. It's actually really funny because I think not the last time I was there, but the time before I, I did some um, – I got the privilege of actually uh, delivering the sermon on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, and it was really cool. And just before that, I think a week or two before that, I did this seminar on um, sex versus intimacy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that was hilarious. That was fun. <laughs> but what I got from those that time I was there, I must have had at least 20 or 30 people walk up to me and thank me for coming in and caring about the people there. To the point where I bel- they would say, to me, you're a Moldovan. Mm-hmm. You know, they accepted me as part of them. Mm-hmm. And I guess you have no idea what it's like until you do it. <laughs> and I believe that it's, it's such a neat thing. I mean, it's funny because I still don't speak Romanian. I still don't speak <laughs> Russian. And I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> we can teach you. <laughs> Well, I have a good I have a good translator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those you don't know, Luba is one of my translators, and she's amazing and and, and love her to pieces, and she's great. And um, but to be counted as one is everything in the world, and you realize we're one. We are of the same body, mm-hmm. and um, I encourage people if you don't get involved or you've never been involved in a mission trip to another country um, and get involved with the people, you're missing a whole world 
that I can't even don't know how to explain. It is just amazing. I didn't even want to come to Moldova in the very beginning. It's like, nah, it's okay. And I went, and it just, oh my word! I never, I never didn't want to not come back again. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I even said to my wife one time, maybe we ought to move to Moldova, Moldova sometime, because <laughs> <laughs> I love the country. I love the people, you know. And um, of course, she has grandchildren. She's like, yes. I, I can't leave them. <laughs> Only with all my grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> um, bless my wife. She's not here today. She uh, is home, and she's sick. She's uh, having a hard time breathing, and um, so pray for her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I um, if you want to read a little bit about Luba and, and Anatoly, on uh, our website, it's called thebelieversjourney.net. Um, log in and go to where my I have my guests. And in there um, is listed uh, Luba, Anatoly and Luba. And I have a link there that will go to um, whether you want to read more about them or even give to their ministry. Um, it does go through Campus Crusade, so it's, it's uh, to make sure it's totally legitimate. And actually, to work for a Campus Crusade is, is tough. You've got to put in... Uh, it isn't. A- yeah, <laughs> you've got to put in hours of reports. <laughs> they really keep you accountable. And so when you're giving to the missionaries that, that work for Campus Crusade, I'm, oh, I'm giving a plug for them, uh, you know you're giving to somebody who's actually doing the work. Okay. Um, and that's important to people who give to missionaries. Uh, we need to know that they're actually doing the work. We don't want to send money to somebody and find out that they just pocketed the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is what's really good. Anyway, um, that's our, our uh, program for today. I want to... Thank you for joining in and and, uh, share this. And, you know, I know we said a lot of things. It's controversial today. I know we said a lot of things that has been on the cusp of of problems. But in in prayer, think about what what are you doing for the Lord? What are you doing in in your, quote-unquote, church or your gathering of the fellowship of believers you're in? Mm -hmm. And... um, are you actually being discipled or discipling somebody? Are you actually part of a group that's accountable to one another, mm-hmm. that's yeah. praying for one another, that you're actually a family? I mean, if you're not, you really need to be because this is what the church is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what the church is. This is how it began. This is what it was for, for, for a long, long time. And, yes, it's okay and it's good to go to a, a big service, but it's more important that we gather together in fellowship. Hey, dinner is great you know um but anyway i just want to thank everybody for joining today and i hope everybody has a wonderful wonderful day and and bless you so aloha 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 goodbye alan cutting and the believer's journey radio program seeks to teach the word of god in a clear and practical manner for more information please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com